On August the 21st, 1879, a unique thing happened in the life of the church. It was in a little village known as Knock in Ireland, behind a little unassuming parish church. Some of the people in the town were, were walking by in the evening time of the day, and they noticed a bright light coming from behind the church. Now, this is before they had spotlights and LED lights on your phone to be able to do all kinds of crazy things. And so they were kind of naturally intrigued. What is this, what is this, this light that's kind of beaming from behind the church? So they went to go see, and there before their very eyes was a miraculous vision. In the, on the back wall of the church, on the, basically behind the sanctuary directly, there was an altar set up. And it was an altar upon which was standing a lamb. And above the lamb was a cross. And hovering around the cross above the lamb were angels spiraling in, in a great pattern of worship and adoration. And next to the lamb were three figures. They were easily identified by the people of the day, people of great faith. Our Lady in the center, St. Joseph to her right, and St. John the Evangelist, the beloved disciple, to her left, closest to the altar. And they were radiant with light. It was like the transfiguration. It was just like they were pure light, but they were alive. They were not just statues. They were just kind of, you know, glowing, um, but they were alive. There were slight, slight movements in them. And the people were immediately kind of shocked by this and all of this, of this great apparition. And so some of them began to, to go around and, and tell, tell the others in the, in the local area, in the village, to, you got to come see this, right? This isn't something that we've ever seen before. This isn't just parish church life like normal on, a, you know, on, the, on the 21st of August. And so some others gathered around, and others also drawn by the light went to go see this, this wondrous vision. And they beheld them. And for several hours, in the midst of the wonderful Irish rain, the people knelt in prayer before the vision at Knock. And lest people think it was merely some kind of external vision or, or some kind of vision only by sight, whenever the rain stopped and the apparition ceased, there upon the ground were the, the layouts that were dry because no rain had fallen where the people stood or where the altar with the lamb rested. The unique thing about this apparition, though, because we know there are many apparitions, the unique thing about this one is that not a word was said. We know at other apparitions, Our Lady or Our Lord or St. Joseph or some other saint will appear and invite us to pray the rosary or to offer fast or to pray for conversions or any number of things. But in Knock, Ireland, not a single word was said by the apparitions themselves. But it's not to say that no message was given. A very important message was given, a message that is vital for our times, just the same as it was then. The message is one of coming to the Lamb of God. Upon the altar, there stood the Lamb. And we know that the Lamb is, is of course, the Lamb from Revelation, the one who was, who was slain but living. 
It is the one of whom John the Baptist spoke of old and said, Behold the Lamb of God. It is the one about whom we speak every single Mass when we elevate the host for the faithful to see. Etche Agnus Dei. Behold the Lamb of God. He is the one. The Lamb waited for from all, from all eternity. The one that, that humanity has longed to see, knowing that it is by the shedding of his blood, by the sacrifice of that Lamb, that salvation is possible. This being known and, and, and spoken, uh, so to say, in the fact that the Lamb is upon an altar. An altar is a place of sacrifice. But it is not any ordinary altar, because immediately behind it, of course, then is the cross. The altar that the Lamb died upon was not an altar of stone, but an altar of wood. It was the cross of Calvary, where the Lamb of God laid down his life for us. He is the one who was truly received into the heavens, the one who has ascended to the right hand of the Father and continues to intercede for us, our great high priest. He was the center focus of this entire thing, the entire vision. The Lamb was the center. People often will focus upon Our Lady of Knock or St. Joseph or St. John, kind of as secondary, secondary persons there present that day. But the Lamb is the center of the vision. The other three are off to the side. The Lamb is most important for us. And that Lamb, who in that apparition comes and appears in a way that is veiled to the eyes of the people, but nonetheless true, so also we are called to come and to see the Lamb, to be in the presence of the Eucharist, to come to the holy altar week after week after week, and to receive of the Lamb of God and the fruits of the cross, to allow life to come to our souls, to be with Him, to stay with Him, to abide with Him. The first message of Nock was simply the trust and the truth of, rather, the truth of the Eucharist, that it is Christ. It is no sign, it is no symbol. It is the Lamb, the Lamb whose blood has ransomed us from the Egypt of our sins and opened for us the promised land of heaven. It is for us to come to the Lamb, to stay in His presence, and to stay in His presence also in silence. Again, that not a word was said is also an instructive message. It was a call to embrace the silence of adoration of the Lamb, to pray before Him, whether He's exposed and visible to us in the monstrance, our eyes blessed to see what others had longed to see in generations past, or whether He's hidden from our eyes in the tabernacle, but known to us by the glowing flicker of the, lamp, the sanctuary lamp glowing red before us. In either way, it is to come and find our Lord and to stay with Him in silence, to adore Him in silence. This was also emphasized by the postures of the three individuals who are there, who, although themselves not saying a word, nonetheless were full of a message of prayer. The three, the three themselves standing there beside the altar, each in a different posture, our Lady in the center had her hands elevated, almost in the, in the Oron's position, with her eyes lifted up a bit to the heavens. A prayer of intercession, adoring, worshiping the Lamb, 
and inviting us to adore and to worship the Lamb too, to pray to Him, to turn to Him in all of our needs, to go with great confidence and love. Next to her on her right is St. Joseph, who rather than having his eyes and his hands lifted up, they, his hands are, are joined together before his breast in a posture of prayer, and his head, his head bowed in prayer. And he's turned in a bit towards our Blessed Mother, towards the Lamb. A visible sign of St. Joseph reminding us that if we, would have, if we would have peace, we need only turn to Our Lady and know that Our Lady will bring us to her Son. Our Blessed Mother praying for us, interceding for us, and simply calling us to come and to rest in silence and to adore her Son. And the last of them, St. John, there at the left of Our Lady. St. John, it's interesting because you would imagine, you know, if we're going by the ranks of things, it would seem to us in our minds that, that Our Lady would be the one closest to the Lamb, that Our Lady would be the one closest to the altar. But it's not. It's St. John. St. John, the beloved disciple who alone was there with our Lord at the crucifixion, who was there just at the side of our Lord at the Last Supper, so close, able to lean upon his chest to hear the sacred heart of Jesus beat with love for broken humanity and to ask him, who is it that will betray you? It is that same John who is blessed once more to be close to our Lord in the altar, to be close to our Lord just as he was with him at the altar of Calvary. And there, John is doing two things. He is proclaiming something to us. In one, book, in one hand, he's got a book, you know, clearly the, the gospel which he composed. In his other hand, he's, he's pointing as if we've caught him in the midst of his sermon. And he's preaching and calling us to the Lamb. Calling us to come to our Lord. Calling us, he whose gospel contains the, the, the bread of life discourse the one that is able to nourish us from on high, the one who is able to, to invite us over and again with his I am statements of the Lord. I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me. The message of St. John over and over and over again is for us to come and to rest in the Lord. And this he preaches to us as well, quietly in the apparition to come trustingly to the Lord, to come trustingly with all of our hearts and to abide in Him, to rest in Him, and to know that His life will come and rest in us. Just as in Revelation, also given to John, our Lord speaks to us and He says, if, you know, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if you open, I will come in, and we will dine with you. To come and to rest in the presence of the Lord is to welcome not just Him, but also the Father and the Spirit. And these postures, these three individuals, give us that simple encouragement of a confidence in prayer, of a trust in prayer, that we will be heard. And that they were praying not just for a moment, but they were persevering in prayer through the entirety of the several hours by which this, during which this apparition took place. An encouragement to us also in a persistence in prayer, not to give up or to cease after a moment, but to continue day after day after day to implore the Lord for our needs, knowing that He hears us. All of these things spoken to us, the church, without a word. 
and it's a most marvelous thing. And it's an invitation to us in our world today, our world where belief in the Eucharist in so many ways, even in Catholic hearts, is lost. In a time where trust in ourselves, trust in our own abilities, trust in AI, trust in whatever thing that's out there, means that we will be able to move and to advance and to grow and become what we want to be, setting God aside and thinking we have no need of trusting in Him. And in this world so full of the noise, whether audibly or interiorly, the Lord calls us to come and rest in silence. And so the message of Knock is given to us today in a time where the world needs it immensely to be renewed in Eucharistic faith, to be renewed in confidence in God who comes to provide for us in all of our needs and to do so perseveringly and in silence. In short, the answer to the ills of our soul is Jesus Christ and Him in the Eucharist. So to offer these holy mysteries, we rejoice in the gift of God Wherein, by which he bestowed upon the people of Nock and upon all of us who hear the story, that goodness of the message, the goodness of the apparitions of our Lord, our Lady, St. Joseph and St. John. We pray that their message may not fall upon deaf ears for us today, but ears that are able to hear, to respond, and to rejoice, to go ourselves frequently and fervently to adore our blessed Lord and to look forward to the day where, having received him in so many times and adored him so many times, that we too, with Our Lady and St. Joseph and St. John, will be bathed in light in the glory of that kingdom that is to come.